Super today, and I'm joined alongside Mooresville Fire Rescue Captain Wesley Harrington. Hello, it's good to be here. <laughs> Along with uh, Fire Marshal Jason Workman as well. Welcome, guys. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for both being here. Absolutely. Um, so in true fashion, uh, Megan and the mayor usually do this thing called One Good Thing. So one good thing that's happened uh, since the show last week. So do you guys have any good things that's happened? I'll start it off, Wesley. How about okay. that? Our fire marshal Woody dolls have arrived. Yes, they have. And they're going <laughs> like hotcakes. They are. They yeah, are. If you all have not seen them, you can uh, go onto our Mooresville Fire Rescue Facebook and Instagram pages, um, and you can see little Woody dolls. Uh, there's one in a car seat. Um, so, yeah, they've been going pretty well. Absolutely. We're getting all kinds of phone calls since the last post with the car seat check, and um, I've delivered a few. <laughs> hey, so. the public loves them. We love to hear it. That's we love right. To hear it. How about you? Um, so I'm on the hazardous materials team. And since July, we've gotten our budget money approved. So we've been buying a lot of equipment that's been in the budget. So a lot of that stuff started to arrive. It's pretty exciting on our trucks like Christmas. That's very awesome. You guys respond to a lot of hazmat calls. so We do. We do. We weren't um, initially started out as, as busy as we are. But over the years, we've picked up a little bit at a time. And to the point we are now, we're pretty busy. Yeah. It's almost, I mean, we just... I went to one yesterday. Uh, we went to one before the show this morning. Yeah. So. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. And I'll uh, wrap up our one good thing. So this past weekend, we had a National Dog Day event over at Cornelius Road Park, and it was a huge success. Uh, last year, they had roughly like 15 to 20 people. Um, and this weekend, they had probably 50 plus. So um, shout out to Parks and Rec. Very exciting for them. Uh, best one so far. So we hope that continues. Um, and if anybody is looking for a job, our public operations department is actually hiring. We have several positions open right now um, from both entry level to management. So there's street maintenance technicians, uh, sanitation equipment operators, facility specialists, um, sanitation technicians, water treatment plant technicians, and manager position. Um, so if you guys are interested or if... Uh, Working for the police department sounds like something that you would like to do. We suggest you head on over to morsevillenc.gov slash HR and check it out. There's $2,000 uh, sign-on bonus for those that are hired. So a little extra money is a good incentive. Um, and I want to take some time now to introduce you both because um, the public probably does not know both of you. So, Jason, I want to start with you. Um, give us a little bit of your background. And you obviously are the fire marshal for Morrisville, so big job. Yeah, Um my name is Jason Workman. Um, I've been the fire marshal now for a little over a year. Um, been with Moors of Fire a little over 20 years, uh, I think 21, 22 years now. Uh, homegrown, born and <laughs> raised. Um, really had no desire to work anywhere else. Uh, growing up, I had some family in the fire service here with Moors of Fire Department and uh, got involved with my local volunteer fire department, which I would encourage anybody if they're interested in and getting into this line of work, um, uh, volunteer departments are constantly looking for, for help. And um, they'll also help you get your training to mm -hmm. get you where you need to be. And if you want to pursue it as a career, that's great. Um, so I started out, you know, on the engine company, just like most firefighters. And uh, throughout the years, you know, I had a, uh, 
I had a special interest in moving to this side of the fire service doing code enforcement and uh, fire investigation. So I started prepping for that early on in my career. And then um, stars aligned and entered into the fire marshal's office in 2014 and been back here ever since. Um, it's been a great career, great town to work for had a lot of great experience and made a lot of friends throughout the town and even the state and nationally. So um, I just couldn't picture myself working for anybody else. So, That's awesome. Yep. And you actually just got some recognition um, from a state agency recently for a little coloring contest that you held. That's right. So we that's did. exciting, a little woody coloring contest. So. Yeah. Um, and we have, uh, you know, over since COVID and, and some other stuff that has came along, um, like, you know, the high volume of construction, we've really lost focus a lot on public education. And it's been extremely difficult to be out of the game for so long because of those restrictions, um, trying to get everything built back up to where it needs to be. So uh, we decided to try to revamp some stuff and come up with some new ideas to kind of get a little bit more public engagement, um, not only with the children, um, but with adults and even older adults. And we've got some stuff I believe you're going to be talking about later yeah. on. Yep, later on um, in the show. Um, that we'll be um, doing to get that involvement with the public and stuff so well we appreciate the effort and i want to uh, turn it over to captain wesley harrington can you give us a little bit of your background and how you became a firefighter so i was interested in being a firefighter for most of my childhood and i just kind of naturally gravitated towards that as a career i uh, went to school at unc charlotte for fire safety engineering so i was in this area and just so happened that mooresville was uh, able to have me as an intern one summer during my college career. So I started interning in the fire marshal's office with Jason and those guys. And I had to go back to school. When I got back to school, I realized that I wanted to do that as a full-time career. And they offered me a, a job once I went through the process. So I started here about 15 years ago and I started on hazmat straight out of uh, recruit school. And I just really enjoyed the technicalities of it and, uh, you know, having to think through problems and all the the classes you get to go to and things like that. So uh, it was a natural fit for me. But then I moved away getting promoted and things like that. And then there was an opportunity for me to come back to Hazmat about four years ago. So I moved back to Station 2, which is on the west side of town. And it's our Hazmat station. So uh, that's where I'm at now. I have a great crew. We have a, a good time. The guys out at Station 2 are really good together. We work well. And uh, it's, a, it's a great place to work. I think the thing about Mooresville Fire and Rescue that makes it so great is the people that you work with mm -hmm. and the amount of things that you get to do, the opportunities, the hazmat team, the drone team, any sort of urban search and rescue, swift water, all those are interested to me. So, you know, those specialties, immediately I gravitated towards taking those classes and just absorbing as much as I could. So... Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, you guys have so many opportunities to not just be just a, a regular firefighter. You get to learn and train and be so much more, whether it is the hazmat or a fire marshal or, um, you know, operating drone teams. Uh, one of our firefighters is uh, been working on editing some drone videos. So we've been putting those out online as well. So if you see those, that is uh, f from our drone team. Uh, Brittany, before we move on, yeah, um, 
I would also, you know, we got a special guest sitting in our room, we too. Do. Um, he's really bashful, but <laughs> yes. he's also a member of Morsel Engine 2 Hazmat Team, Mr. Yes. James Abernathy. Would you like to say hello to everybody? Hello, everyone. <laughs> and uh, he's a little bashful, so we're trying to get him broke in on the radio. Yes. So a little bit so. Well, I appreciate you both being here, and uh, in the next uh, 45 minutes or so, we're going to talk about a couple different things, some lithium, lithium ion batteries and the potential fires we can see from that, as well as some safety tips with the hurricane coming towards us. So uh, we appreciate everybody streaming live on WSICnews.com and social media and listening live on the radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Brittany in from Megan Suber, and I'm here alongside Mooresville Fire Rescue Captain Wesley Harrington and Fire Marshal Jason Workman. Welcome back, guys. Hello. We got some exciting things to talk about. Um, first off, you have been making some rounds around town talking about lithium ion batteries. Those are the batteries that are commonly found, let's say, on your drills or um, e bikes, e scooters. E yep. In your any, cars, like any rechargeable car. mobility device has a lithium ion battery in it. And uh, so we decided back way back when, about a year ago, that we were going to examine some issues that maybe we weren't prepared for on the hazardous materials team. Lithium ion batteries nationwide was a huge issue. And so we thought we would tackle that in equipment and training and awareness. And so I developed a little program for our hazardous materials team. And then it kind of took off from there. We really weren't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it to get as big as it did. So I hosted a few classes. I taught, of course, the fire department here in Mooresville. I also taught yep. the police department, our patrol officers. And then uh, I reached out to some local volunteer departments that were in those you know, vicinity, and they wanted to have the class as well. So overall, since about January, I've taught her about 40 times. Um, I'm winding that down. Um, I'm a little, you know, just a little burned out on teaching that in such a short period yeah. of time. But I have hit a lot of people. We had a hosted a class in uh, the Citizen Center. We had a lot yep. of agencies from Cornelia, Salisbury, um, Gastonia, Charlotte. Correct. I mean, yeah, Canapolis. Over the, I mean, Concord. You aren't doing yourself justice. I mean, you have literally spoken to departments all over the Charlotte area warning them of these dangers you've talked to local tow companies because just because the fire may be out now when that gets on that car gets on the tow truck that's a whole different game there too you've talked to local residents um so you've really gone above and beyond in my opinion to really educate people about this and so i want to kind of help educate the wsic listeners and really talk about why these batteries while great can be very dangerous and can lead to fires um you know these are very common batteries that people have Probably in almost every house. Yeah, I would say that every person has at least one lithium-ion battery at some place in their home. Uh, the thing is, the uh, the batteries themselves are a huge technological advancement in battery technology. The problem is whenever they're abused, whenever they're punctured, they're having some sort of overcharging situation, it heats the batteries up in this a little bit technical in the chemistry of it, but the layman's terms you basically have a liquid inside the battery that as it heats up, it boils. And when it boils, it puts off a flammable vapor. Once that flammable vapor gets to a ignition temperature, then it causes a fire. And we have a lot of issues where those fires are starting house fires mm -hmm. there. Um, and then 
as you get from mobility devices, your e-scooters, your e-bikes that are causing little fires. And of course, everybody's heard about the hoverboards that caused fires back in the early 2010s. Uh, but you step that game up a little bit and you look at something like an electric vehicle and that's where it kind of grew to more than just a electric um, mobility device topic to Mm -hmm. bring in the tow companies involved because when an electric vehicle catches on fire and we look at the the chemistry of the batteries, there's 7,000 of these lithium-ion batteries in a Tesla that makes a Tesla go, gives it its power. So whenever those catch on fire, it's a runaway train that one battery sparks, another battery sparks, another battery, and they're in a metal case. So it's hard for us as firefighters to get water into that case to cool those batteries and stop that reaction. We call it thermal runaway. So it's just a process of getting the firefighters aware that this is a problem. And then when we get the fire put out, a lot of times not all the batteries end up getting put out when that fire is extinguished or so we think is extinguished. Once we bring the tow company in, there's been many instances, and I highlight them in my class about how you put a car on the back of a rollback and you go to tow it to a tow yard and it sparks another fire. And oh. those tow companies really enjoy their their tow trucks. They don't want those to burn up. So I really wanted to educate. I reached out to them to, to try to get the awareness to them that we are here to help them solve this together and we need to develop a plan before we have the issue. Yes. That way we don't end up at 3 o'clock in the morning trying to figure out what to do with an electric vehicle that's burning on the side of I-77, and we don't have a plan. So this is part of my plan was to get them involved. A big community effort, and I think that's really important. And Jason, you were actually just saying during the break um, for our WSIC listeners that you've actually responded to two of these incidents lately with electric batteries <clears throat> catching on fire. Yeah. Um, first and most important thing uh, the listeners out here need to understand is when when you have a lithium battery fire, lithium is water reactive. So you, it's not like a regular fire that you can throw water on and put it out. Many times when you start throwing water on a lithium battery fire, you're going to intensify the fire. and Which is the opposite of what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And... and uh, Kind of. <laughs> it, you know, copious amounts of water, you know, to, to cool yeah. everything. And we don't want people to to get hurt or burned by trying to attempt to put out a fire. That's that's the main goal. Um, but, yeah, um, I actually ran a, uh, a couple of situations where um, the first one I ran um, was a head-on collision, um, pickup truck versus a passenger car, and the guy had a scooter a lithium battery electric scooter on the front of the, the pickup and um, it started smoking so we ended up taking it off the vehicle and removing it and putting it in a safe location and um, probably about 15 20 minutes later the the, the electric scooter caught fire um, and then this uh, not even two weeks later there was a gentleman riding his motorcycle coming down you know, Perth Road, and his uh, lithium battery for his motorcycle started smoking, and he pulled over, and it ignited, and they was throwing water on it, trying to, to get the battery <laughs> off the bike, and the guy, you know, about got burned, burned his hands pretty good, um, but they got the battery off, and but it did not ignite. It kind of burned itself out, and we ended up having to uh, call hazmat team out there to secure it and call a tow company to come 
uh, remove it. So. so, Wesley, let's say you guys extinguish the fire. You, you are confident that you have put the fire out. What do you do with the battery? Because you can't just throw it in a junkyard, right? That's correct. You don't want to throw it in the normal trash. You want to take it to a battery recycling center. So what we do as the hazardous materials team is we bring out a steel drum and a bag of what's called cell block. And it's recycled glass. It's made for lithium-ion battery overpacking, which is just containment. And it's basically like packing peanuts, if you will. And you put the battery down in there. You surround it with the cell block. It catches all of the gases and it keeps it from reigniting. You then can take that drum to a battery recycling center and they can dispose of it properly. And I think it's important for people who are listening that we're not telling you don't use lithium ion batteries. That is not the case. They are very helpful. They are very common to use. We just don't want them to be used wrong because then that's where you can get into trouble. It's that overcharging the batteries. It's the using the, you know, aftermarket or third-party chargers or third-party batteries. Don't be using, you know, uh, one battery brand on a different drill brand. So I always give four tips, and you hit on a few of them just now. One of them is never charge them while you're asleep. So never charge anything whenever you're not aware of what's going on because you're sleeping or in another room. Have them somewhere where you can see them. That way, if something starts to happen, you can immediately get to it. The second thing is never leave them while you're gone charging. That's just kind of the same as the first one, but it needs to be reiterated. Don't plug in your battery and then leave. And uh, the the second, or the third and fourth together are vice versa. So always use the charger for the name brand that you get. So if you buy a name brand drill, buy the, make sure you have a name brand charger that's associated with it. Don't use the aftermarket or third mm-hmm. party uh, charger. And then if that battery stops holding a charge, eventually it will. Don't go to these big retailers and buy uh, an aftermarket battery. Always buy the name brand battery that came with it because the charger will overcharge the third party battery or vice versa. The third party charger will overcharge that name brand battery. So you need to have a uh, connected brand for brand. Always do that because that's where we end up finding most of our issues. So saving $10 is probably not the way to go. Not if you don't want to burn your house down. If you want to burn your house down, you can save $10. You take the gamble, but I would recommend that you always, always, always stick with name brand to name brand. Um, I would never change out uh, a name brand battery with aftermarket batteries because I've seen the result. And it's just not something that you can predict when it's going to happen or how violent it's going to happen. Definitely. Very good advice. And if you guys have questions, uh, you can call in the studio phone number 844-STUDIO-4 or 844-788-3464. And Jason, coming up, we we have about a minute here till we go to break, but uh, obviously we have a hurricane coming. um, Yes, we do. In case anybody Um, hasn't heard. You know, and we're in, uh, I'd probably say the peak time of the year where we're, you know, kind of prone to have a lot more hurricanes or an active um, hurricane season. So um, we do have some uh, preparedness, I believe, uh, this uh, coming month, um, preparedness month. Yep. September is National Preparedness Month, very timely. And, um, and maybe here after break, we'll go over some of those safety tips with the listeners and uh, try yep. to make sure everybody's prepared for this upcoming storm. Indeed. And before we go to break, we want to tell you about one big important event coming up here, a car seat check. If you need to get your child's car seat checked, 
Come out to Mooresville Rescue Station 2, 186 Knob Hill Road on September 13th from 3 to 5 p.m. If you can't make that one, don't worry. We have plenty more coming. You can find all the information on Mooresville Fire Rescue's Facebook and Instagram page. And again, if you have any questions for these guys, give us a call 844-STUDIO-4 or 844-788-3464. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Hometown Hour. This is Brittany here in from Megan Suber. I'm joined alongside Captain Harrington and Fire Marshal Workman. Uh, and I understand we have a call from a listener, William, in Statesville. We can get him on the line. Good morning, peoples. How are y'all this morning? We're good. Good. How are you? First of all, I want to thank you, firemen, for your job and your duty. If it wasn't for you guys, I don't know what we would do. You're welcome. It's good to have your expertise and good to have your knowledge. And I just thank you for it. Thank you. Um, my question is, lithium batteries, from what I'm understanding, I don't know that much about them, but I just do know that they're what you would probably call a high-powered battery, not your traditional regular battery. So that being said, there's a lot of energy there. Um the fire extinguishers that you can buy that are designed for electrical fires, is that a possibility to put in these vehicles like the Tesla and to have one in your home? Would that be applicable for putting these fires out should they reoccur? Well, that's a very good question. A lot of people do ask me, what do we do if we have a, a device that catches on fire? And you are correct with the lithium-ion batteries having so much energy. That's what causes the violent reaction. If you ever see one on TV or on uh, you know, social media going off, you can see that they're, they pack a lot of energy into a battery. That's what makes them so useful, and they're so small that they can be actually used into just about anything that you want a rechargeable battery in. The answer to that question in a broad sense is no, those extinguishers are not going to put these batteries out. Once they go into thermal runaway, that battery either needs to be spent, which means all the fuel needs to be burned out of it, or it needs to be uh, cooled down. And a fire extinguisher just doesn't have the volume to cool those batteries down. You may get an initial cooling effect, mm -hmm. but the battery could still be hot enough to cause other batteries to react. So unfortunately, there's nothing on the market that's... Um, a reasonable price for the average consumer or homeowner to be able to buy. Um, the chances that one of these batteries is actually going to catch on fire in your home is pretty low, but there's still a chance. And mm -hmm. we deal with everybody's once in a million day, so we see it quite more often than, than any one individual would ever see it. So, um, good question. I appreciate that. Yes. And when in doubt, All right. well, I appreciate call it. Thanks. No Thank problem. You. Have a good day. When in doubt, call 911. That is the best piece of advice I think that we can give people if you are concerned or you think a lithium ion battery may have caught, you know, caught fire, whether it's a car or something in your house, call 911. Let you guys handle it. Um, you guys are the professionals and you don't want to get burned. You don't want to get hurt. Absolutely. And to go to kind of add on to what Captain Harrington is talking about is, you know, making sure that you're maintaining your equipment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because, like like you said, we see it on a much larger scale than the average citizen sees it. Um, and sometimes in the studies that even Captain Harrington can speak on this, 
a lot of it, you know, is poor maintenance, mm -hmm. um, knowing when to replace something or when something is no good because it's been damaged or or broken or punctured. And uh, yeah, that's so, absolutely correct, especially you look at something like a mobility device that you would buy for your children, mm -hmm. you know, an e-scooter or a hoverboard or something. We had an incident in Troutman and we had to help Troutman Fire Department handle and they had a, a hoverboard that had been left outside. And it being left outside, it gets water intrusion in it. Mm -hmm. It rains, you know, there's moisture in the air and it starts to make that battery go into uh, degradation and it'll start to go into thermal runaway eventually. You just don't know when and you don't yep. know what or around it is going to catch on fire. So you just yep. need to be aware. Like I said, the charging is a huge issue, but at the same time, making sure that you're maintaining those things and keeping the abuse down to a minimum because those batteries are sensitive to shock, too sensitive mm -hmm. to punctures, anything like that. And they only can hold so many charges. They're only good for so many charges. So if That's you right. notice that battery is not holding its charge, it's a good indication you might want to start looking for a replacement. Yes, name brand replacement. Yes. If your e-scooter is made by a certain brand, go back to that brand. They will have a battery replacement. Don't go to you know eBay or Amazon and buy an aftermarket because you're just asking for an overcharge you know, mm -hmm. fire. Indeed. Thank you for that. Jason, I want to switch topics. So there's a hurricane coming. Yep. Idalia. Uh, just this morning, Governor Cooper issued a uh, state of emergency for North Carolina. So it's coming. Um, it's supposed to make landfall tomorrow in Florida, head up to South Carolina, and of course, come here to North Carolina. While we likely won't see anything significant, we are going to get a lot of rain, some good wind. So I want to ask you, since you are better known as Fire Marshal Woody, um, what can people do now ahead of the storm to kind of minimize damage, to ensure that we don't have, um, you know, an issue like we saw a few weeks ago when a tornado rolled through and knocked a bunch of trees down? <clears throat> yeah, tornadoes are a completely different realm of, you know, weather event. They um, are. But at least with hurricanes, we're, we, can, we know when it's coming. Um, it's usually tracked multiple weeks out in advance yep the only thing we typically don't know is when until it starts getting closer to to land um, versus tornadoes they can pop up at any time um, the biggest thing we would like for the community and all the listeners to know is you know always have a an emergency kit um, you know being born and raised here I, I was part of Hurricane Hugo when it came through uh, we went without power for near three weeks. Um, a lot of storm damage, power lines down, trees down on houses. So having a, an emergency kit available uh, with uh, rations, uh, food, water, uh, at least a yeah, flashlight, um, yeah, radio. You know, an AM/FM radio for emergency alerts and to kind of notify people where to go for shelter if they need to locate a shelter. Um, <clears throat> hurricanes can be devastating. Um, some some safety tips that you can do for your, even your home is, you know, obviously the peak of hurricane season is right in September. The only problem is you got fall right around the corner. We got leaves falling down constantly. Yes. Um, flooding is always a concern and issue. 
um, especially around people's homes. And mm-hmm. sometimes that could be due to gutters not being cleaned, um, culverts not being cleaned out like they're supposed to, to, to allow the runner, the excuse me, the water to run off the way it's supposed to. Um, so I would definitely recommend um, even before and after, um, especially the fall, uh, make sure all your waterways and gutters are cleaned um, to help protect your home. If you got any uh, large trees that uh, look or appear to be rotten, I would recommend you maybe contacting a tree service to uh, come out and go ahead and eliminate those hazards from falling yep. on your home. Um, just, you know, when we had the, the, the tornado come through last week, we had, there was so much devastation from trees falling on homes and now a lot of these trees weren't dead but it does help yeah um but when you have a a storm of that magnitude come through you can only prepare so much so um there's some things you can prevent some things you you just can't that's mother nature's way of one thing from the fire fire truck side of the the conversation that I would put out there is any time that you have a, a localized weather event that brings down trees, you're probably going to have down power lines as well. Yeah. So one of the things that we find the most frustrating is everybody should understand that a down power line should always be treated as it's fully electrified and it could electrocute you at any point. Absolutely. And one thing that we find, and it's frustrating for us on the fire truck, is we set up a perimeter to keep people away until the power company can get there. But then we still have onlookers and bystanders that want to get close to the power line. And it's just frustrating that we're trying to police that scene. So if you see a fire truck on a down power line or a tree that's fallen on a, a, a power pole that's got, you know, some wires that are low hanging, just try to avoid it as best you can. Go around it with traffic or if you're in your home, stay in your home. Uh, we will make sure that the, the perimeter is secure and that there is no fire threatening your home. And we'll take care of that. We've already contacted the power company in most cases. So it's just a one of those things that we would like to get that out. If there's a down power line for the citizens, just to, to leave it alone, it will be handled Absolutely. in as fast as time as possible. you got to remember these power companies are overwhelmed in these situations. Especially with the coast set to get a lot of the rain and a lot of the wind. Yeah. That's where a lot of those resources are going. So, listen, we lose power just like you all do. Um, you know, we are right there with you. So we just all got to be patient. And I think a couple things to mention um, that our stormwater uh, department has, or excuse me, division has uh, mentioned too is, is just to kind of help clear any storm drains if they're blocked ahead of the storm coming through. So if there's any branches or leaves or things like that, help clear them out. That prevents that water from really getting down into the storm drain like it should. It yep. causes flooding. It causes issues. Um, you know, but obviously when the storm is here, don't don't go do that then. You got to do that work before. And definitely don't put trash and rubbish in storm drains. Yes, please don't do that. It definitely clogs the system up and it causes does. water to back up. It does. It does. And, you know, another thing, don't use the generator inside the house or your garage. Um, while they can be very helpful to with power, um, they can be very deadly. So we're going to come back uh, in about 20 or in a few minutes here and, and continue talking about this um, and some big events that are coming on. Uh, this is Hometown Hour. We'll see you back here in a few minutes. Welcome back, everybody, to WSIC. Thank you for listening live on the radio. 
as well as on the website and social media. We're back here with uh, Mooresville Fire Rescue Captain Harrington and Fire Marshal Workman. Uh, we were just talking about the hurricane that is set to be coming through to Florida. Our prayers are obviously with them as they prepare for that. Um, but there are some things that we can do here in North Carolina um, as we prepare to get a lot of rain and potentially some wind. Um, we mentioned it towards the end of that last segment there, but please do not use a generator inside your house or garage. Um, while it sounds like a great idea to have the power back on, it is not a great idea. No. So you have a, a generator that has an internal combustion engine and that uh, that engine emits exhaust just like your car. Well, that exhaust is primarily carbon monoxide. So whenever you put it in something like a garage or a crawl space or a basement, you're filling your home up with that carbon monoxide. So I would encourage everybody to operate those in a safe environment outside of their home and make sure your fuel is kept separately so you don't have a fuel fire as well. But just be safe whenever you use those things and use a little bit of... Um, you know, common sense when it comes to those placements. You don't want them where your air in your home is going to draw that carbon monoxide back in. So that leads me to making sure that everybody does have a carbon monoxide detector in their home. Uh, we get a lot of phone calls for carbon monoxide alarms that go off for the hazardous materials team. Uh, we go out and investigate those. Carbon monoxide is colorless, odorless, and tasteless. So you don't know what's in your home unless you have a detector. So mm -hmm. that's one thing that we encourage everybody to get. If you have gas on your home, you need a carbon monoxide detector, but you can also get carbon monoxide from stuff like a generator with the exhaust pumping into your home. Um, that's completely different than what we saw last week with the home explosion. Yes. Um, that, um, not to you know diagnose it on the air, but it's most likely got something to do with natural gas. Natural gas is a fuel that powers the home. Carbon monoxide is incomplete combustion of that fuel, which is colorless and odorless. Natural gas has a an additive mercaptan that you can smell that you need to call nine one one immediately if you smell. So, yeah, and they are still investigating. Uh, Iredell County Emergency Management, uh, along with some other um, agencies, are actively investigating the cause of that house explosion. Again, our our prayers are with that family for sure. Um, when it comes to the hurricane, Woody, you know, obviously people want to they need to tie down any outdoor furniture if it is something that is, you know, easily blown away, like those lightweight uh, chairs that people have outside or any sort of playground equipment. Um, and you mentioned earlier an emergency kit. I mean, this is important to have regardless. National uh, Preparedness Month coming up certain September. Um, how, what are some things that people should include? Obviously water and food, but what else? Um, like right before we went to break, you know, flashlights, extra batteries, at least a battery-operated radio. That way you can listen to uh, potential um, emergency announcements that may come over the radio. Um, extra clothes. Um, maybe, one, maybe One good thing in uh, this day and age of technology, you can buy those batteries that charge. You know, we're talking yeah. about lithium-ion batteries today. You can buy a battery pack that you charge up. And yep. then when the power goes out, if your phone starts to die, you can plug it in yep. yes. and it'll recharge Absolutely. your phone. So you can always have a phone available. Yes. Yep. Just make sure they're not recalled. Um, uh, one I recently bought on Amazon actually was recalled for a potential fire hazard. So go. it's always important it gets, to double yeah. check. Yeah. Make sure yep. before you use those, they are not recalled. Um, um, and even, um, you know, a lot of times we get asked this too, you know, um, medication. You know, yep. what do we need to do um, if we have to leave our house? You know, you need to make sure you have a way to, to 
secure your medications in the event that you have to evacuate your home because um, you don't know when you're going to be able to come back. Um, yeah. If it's a large flood or if your house is destroyed, you, it may not be safe for you to go back in there to retrieve some of this stuff. Um, so always have a plan in place in yes. case you do have to leave, which includes any kind of medications that you may need. Um, it, we've actually got, I believe you, you took care of getting us a list of stuff to help out with preparedness. Yes. Um, so we, over the next couple of weeks, we'll be releasing different, um, topics, so to speak, of things to help people be prepared for natural disasters, for emergencies. And we're not talking just weather emergencies. It's something as simple as fire, um, power being out for days on end, anything like that is an, is an emergency. And it's yep. always best to be prepared. Um, so we are going to be putting some things out on that. And that includes um, a medication list sheet that people can print off, emergency contact cards for our older adults in the neighborhood. Um, you know, we want to make sure that grandma and grandpa are okay and are safe um, in any emergency too. They're important. That's right. um, so you're going to kind of be talking about that over the next few weeks too as well. And so we'll make sure we yep. check in with you there. But if you are looking to uh, create an emergency kit, we actually have some information online for people. If they go to morrislenc.gov slash woody. Yes, like the Toy Story Woody. That's your nickname, Woody. Uh, that is morrislenc.gov slash woody. Uh, you can find everything there that you need. There's a link to uh, figure out uh, what you need for an emergency kit and how much and all of that information. That's right. All right. So we have a few more minutes left. So I think it's important we well, go over. Well, oh. one thing, you know, we I just got a text from <laughs> one of our retired fire captains, oh which also, you know, is an electrician, um, full-time electrician now. So um, one thing that is important that, you know, the general public don't understand, like Captain Harrington was talking about, people walking around power lines. Mm -hmm. Power lines, when, they, when they're on the ground, if they're active, they can energize the ground. You do yep. not have to be right up on it or touching it to be electrocuted. Um, we try to recommend, you know, to stay far away from it. Yep. Um, uh, but... If you get too close, you can still be electrocuted without even touching the line just from yeah. the ground being energized. Um, I've, I've actually seen it in another jurisdiction where a power line went down a um, quarter mile up the road and actually energized a ground wire on a pool. And an wow. individual was electrocuted in the pool when they went to grab the metal ladder. So um, there's a lot of effects or things that could potentially occur with down power lines. So we want to encourage everybody to stay safe. Don't be yes. roaming around and uh, just stay clear until the power company gets the, the dangers taken care of. And understand that trees may fall. I mean, yep. we have had a lot of rain lately. Um, and anytime the ground is already saturated and then you add more water, the trees are likely to fall. So if a power line comes down, stay away, call 911 and let the yep. professionals handle it from there. Um, now, as far as professionals go, we have some professionals that have been planning some big events coming up here in the town of Morrisville. So it doesn't matter if you live in Morrisville or not, if you're looking for something to do, we have plenty of things coming up here. Uh, so first I wanna mention one more time that car seat check. If you are a mom-to-be, dad-to-be, grandma, grandpa-to-be, and you are worried, did I install that car seat correctly? Don't worry, we got you. 
you can come to uh, Station 2 on Knob Hill Road, September 13th from 3 to 5 p.m. Our police officers will be out there helping check uh, your car seats, making sure that everything's good to go, making sure they're not part of recalls. Um, and then if you, for some reason, cannot make that one, we do have ones coming up every single month. Um, so both fire rescue and police will be promoting those uh, in the coming weeks uh, leading up to each check. And then we also have a couple other exciting things. So um, our sister city, Hockenheim, Germany, a bunch of them are coming to Mooresville in a couple of weeks. So they will actually be at our West Branch Library on September 9th, 1 p.m. Um, there will You can learn all about Hockenheim, Germany, which, I mean, I've never been to. I don't know about you all, but never been there. Um, and there are some fun events that people can participate um, during their visit through the first week of October. Um last rock the park concert this friday so that'll be exciting it is groove machine 70s music if that's your jam groove machine um concert is at 6 30 there are food and beverage trucks on site so plenty of family fun there that's at liberty park uh, i don't know if either of you have checked out liberty park since it's reopened but it is gorgeous absolutely gorgeous also at liberty park fans brews and bbq are either you guys fans of either of those three I think I'm fans of all three. Okay. Absolutely. I am I am not a Bruce Spe fan. Especially uh you know, you know, with that, and I believe the next event, which is the Mooresville Motorsports, October mm -hmm. the third, they're gonna have a beer garden they for Oktoberfest. Is they that are. correct? <laughs> Woody so, is all about this. So variety, right. huh? Variety. Variety. That's what I'm talking about. But first you have to go to Fans, Brews, and BBQ. That's right. We get, we that is September 16th. First. Yes, you got to start there first. So that's September 16th, 4 to 9 at Liberty Park. Yep. Um, that's our next 150th uh, celebration event. So there are going to be several bands performing, including Loverboy, if that's your jam. Uh, food trucks will be there. Uh, local restaurants will be there. They're serving barbecue, you know, what North Carolina is known for. Um, you can sample some brews from local businesses. There's an adult gaming area. Um, there will be a park and ride shuttle option available. And the best part is admission is free. Now, you're going to have to pay for your, you know, beers and barbecue. But hey, hey. it's a small price to pay. Small price to pay, you know. Yep. Um, and then, like you said, on October 3rd is our Mooresville Motorsports Celebration in downtown. So that's exciting. Obviously, Mooresville, big motorsports mecca. So yep. at 5 p.m., um, Two people will be recognized for their significant contributions to the world of motorsports. Those would be Edsel Ford and Roger Penske. So that's exciting. And then a couple weeks after that, we have the North Carolina Music Hall of Fame 2023 induction ceremony. That'll be at the Mooresville Performing Arts Center. So that's pretty exciting. We have some big names. Um, if you're a music fan, country music fan, you may recognize Scotty McCreary. Uh, tickets are still available. Um, you have two options, either a general ticket for $50 or a VIP ticket for $80, which includes a red carpet walk, early access seating, all kinds of fun things. All that to say, if you're bored and you have nothing coming up to do on the weekends, visit our website, visit our, you know, social media, find you an event to attend. There's a lot going on. A lot. A lot. But anyway, thank you for uh, joining us this hometown hey, hour. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having, you having, having us. And thank you to all of our listeners. We'll see and, you guys uh, in a... James, oh, would you yes, like to tell everybody bye? Thank you folks for tuning in. Have a great afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're, we're breaking into new guys. <laughs> We'll get there. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you next week. 
The new 1059 100.7 WSIC Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.